Mike Schultz. Timing ready? Racing runs deep. A mega star, one of the most recognizable names in power snowboarding. Strap in and it's go time. Over this jump! Holding the inside line. Being all sliding around that corner. Overtaking your opponent. Oh, and that's Chris Voss tumbles! These are the thrills that make all racers jump at the opportunity to line up at the start hut. Mahoosive moment here on the first day of action of Paris Snowboard. But for some of the most dedicated racers, the story of how you get to the start hut is half of the thrill. And I realized that, you know, it's not about the speed that I'm going, it's about the challenge that I'm trying to overcome. Whether I'm an able-bodied athlete or I'm an amputee, the thrill of the chase is, is just as important as how fast you're going. That is insane! Unbelievable action! Mike Schultz, nicknamed Monster, and this is huge! From NBC Sports, this is The Podium, a podcast about the 2022 Beijing Winter Paralympic Games. I'm your host, Mallory Whiteman, bringing to you stories of determination and perseverance, elite athletes that are carving what is possible on ice and snow for all. Mike Schultz embodies the Paralympic values, even when that means extending his knowledge to his competitors. His abilities on a snowboard, but for his manufacturing abilities as well. In the region of about 30 different para-athletes are using devices that uh, created by Mike Schultz and his team. You know, I'm just as proud or probably even more proud to be the one who's, who's really creating some changes in, in equipment over the last several years that's allowing these athletes to really excel further than what they would have uh, without it. And I mean, it, it gets frustrating because I've directly helped out my direct competitors and helped them get faster through the equipment we developed. And so it's like, oh man, how can, how can I do that? <laughs> Mike Schultz now out of St. Cloud, Minnesota, making his way down to the bottom third of the course, and it'll be Mike Schultz taking the glory leap into the gold medal position. I'm Mike Schultz from St. Cloud, Minnesota. I'm with the U.S. Paralympic snowboard team, and I'm a gold and silver medalist from 2018 in Portacross and Banks Slalom. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. We're talking about equipment prosthetics especially, but that wasn't exactly on your radar at the start of your athletic career. Who was Mike Schultz up until 2008? I was an action sports athlete. My life revolved around dirt bikes in the summertime uh, and professional snowmobile racing in the wintertime. I was uh, banging bars with the best of the best in the world from 2003 to 2008. Um, Landed on the podium a handful of times and was... uh, yeah, I was just uh, living life as a professional athlete. It was, it was pretty awesome. It sounds like you were living the dream, but something changed in 2008. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I, it was the second round of the season uh, of the national tour, and I was racing in northern Michigan. And uh, during a competition, I got 
thrown from my machine and landed on my left leg with all my weight. And uh, on impact, it, my knee just buckled and caused uh, some, some major damage, compound fracture. And um, it turned into a real mess really fast. I lost a ton of blood. It, my popliteal artery was severed and I was bleeding out. And uh, yeah, the next five hours was uh, touch and go until I got to the hospital in Duluth. And uh, they did everything they could to fix me back up. But uh, in the end, because of the complications uh, and my uh, overall health condition was deteriorating fast. And uh, they, they told me, well, we got we to amputate your leg just above the knee in order for you to, to keep moving forward. And uh, yeah, that, that flipped everything upside down uh, in a quick minute. Moving through something like that certainly changes your perspective on life. Where were you at in that point as you you mentioned moving forward? Where were you at in that journey of bringing yourself to move forward? Right away, I was in survival mode, honestly, um, for the next few weeks after after the amputation, you know, just trying to, to survive and get back healthy again. Uh, there was thought about what was next. And, you know, right away for the first month or so, I, I thought my racing days were over. I thought I would never be on my dirt bike again. I didn't think I'd ever be a professional athlete again. And that was, that was the hardest thing because my, my life and my family's life, my wife, Sarah, she's been with me from the beginning and, you know, we have a whole racing family and this was all going to end. And, uh, I knew I was, never going to be able to compete the way I did at the level I did before. So for a while there, I was not even interested in it. But uh, yeah, after after a, a month or two, I got back on the snowmobile, actually before I even got a prosthesis, and and I got a smile back on my face. As Schultz, looking smooth again, and he had to do some passing, so that's And then uh, pretty quickly realized that uh, my everyday prosthetic leg was, wasn't going to cut it as far as performance. So... Uh, that's when the wheels started turning. That was just a, you know, a couple months after my injury happened. So just a few months after your injury, you ended up back on a snowmobile. Help us understand what your prosthetic looked like at that point and, and where the technology was at. Yeah, originally, I, I started walking on a mechanical hinged knee. Uh, the thing is sketchy. <laughs> it, uh, you know, now, nowadays, or I mean, you know, a year following... I had, you know, a really nice computerized one, but I started out on a mechanical one that was uh, pretty tricky to learn how to walk. And I, I crashed a lot. <laughs> you know, I tripped and, and fell to the ground a fair bit, but uh, it taught me very well right from the beginning how to walk as an amputee. And uh, down the road, that just kept evolving uh, as we got better and higher performance prosthetics for walking. But None of that stuff works for the high impact sports. Um, I did some research, you know, right out of the gate, you know, within a, a couple months, two, three months. Um, now there's only like two performance sports or action sports devices available. And, you know, at the time my focus was getting back on the snowmobile and dirt bike and they just didn't have the range of motion or the, the range of adjustability to, to accommodate the movements I needed. And, I'm a garage guy. I'm a problem solver. And one of my favorite things as a, as a snowmobile and dirt bike racer was suspension tuning. And so I understood how to absorb impacts, bumps and jumps. And basically 
my legs do that. So I needed to reproduce that mechanically. And, uh, you know, I, I started drawing and, and, uh, you know, the wheels turn and, and it was, uh, let's see, March, March, 2009 is when I went to the pencil and paper and started designing a knee system designed around a Fox mountain bike shock. And the, ch- the biggest challenge was to try and create 130 degrees range of, of, uh, angular movement at your knee with a, a really small two inch stroke shock. And so, you know, I, my, my geometry skills were put to the test and about five weeks of design on paper had what I wanted. And then I went to shop to the shop and started cutting parts. And, uh, you know, about a week I had my first prototype ready to, to try on my motocross bike. And I, I was blown away. The first ride, I had the biggest smile on my face. I was like, heck yeah, I'm going to go racing again. As a racer, that must have been the best feeling to get to this point where where you felt ready to do it again. How did how did that process take shape? That evolved into uh, me getting into adaptive Supercross at the Summer X Games in 2009. There you see Mike Schultz in the red, the number five. They're lined up and ready to go. Moto X Adaptive from Staples Center. Seven months after my amputation happened racing on the biggest action sports stage in the world, X Games, and flying around this Supercross track that uh, I would be scared to do with two good legs. So uh, <laughs> it, was, it was so much fun, and so much happened in a short amount of time. And I was just, I was living life to the fullest. And, you know, the biggest challenge was, you know, the conversations I had with my wife, Sarah, like, do we really want to go back after this again? Because I've been beat up. A handful of times and this one was this one was scary and uh but we uh and we talked it out and you know we're gonna do one step at a time and do it as safe as possible and try and control everything that we could to create the safest environment by being prepared and taking small steps and those small steps must have been big steps for the two of you as you came back into racing Help us bridge the gap between your identity in motorsport and how and why it is that we're talking to you now on the podium for the Winter Paralympics as a defending medalist in two snowboarding events. Um, snowboarding was never on the radar for me. I was, uh, you know, I was all about handlebars and race gas. And so my, my Moto knee prototype evolved into a whole lot of others could utilize this equipment that I'm designing. And a year later, uh, in 2010, I started my company, Biodapt, with the goal of creating the highest performance lower limb prosthetics. And uh, I realized, yeah, so many others could use use it. Um, I was racing at X Games in 2010, I think it was, snowmobiles. And this adaptive snowboarder named Keith came up to me and he's like, Hey dude, is that thing going to work for snowboarding? Um, cause I could use an upgrade and I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I'm not a snowboarder. I've never tried it, but you know, I think it will. Let me, let me, let me go home and, and do some tests on it. And meanwhile, the next couple of weeks I went home to Minnesota and strapped on a snowboard and learned how to snowboard. And I, it wasn't pretty. It was, it was, <laughs> I, oh man, I crashed so many times. I hardly made it down the first several runs, but <clears throat> eventually I understood that. Yeah, it's, uh, it can work. It's got the range of motion it needs. It's got the range of adjustability to really tune it in. And, um, 
I'm like, heck yeah. I, I contacted Keith again. I'm like, it works. It works great. Let's meet up and uh, give it a test, you know, give it a trial. And uh, it worked phenomenal. And he was flying around right away and like, this snowboarding is pretty rad, especially out in Colorado. Like it sure beats back Minnesota. I mean, this is, this is fun. So um, eventually got talked into competing for the first time in 2012. And uh, the U.S. team coach at the time saw me riding and saw some potential in me and then reached out and said, hey, what do you think about uh, making a run for the Paralympic Games? And I'm like, well, first off, I'm, I'm a motorsports guy. Snowboarding is fun, but you know, I'm, I'm from Flatland, USA. So like my training options are, are extremely limited unless I were to relocate uh, to Colorado or Utah or somewhere. And, and I just wasn't in the cards. Uh, so I never even thought about it, but, uh, you know, Sarah and I discussed it and like, this is a, this is a pretty cool opportunity. And like, we got to give it a try. I, I, at that point, that was uh, 2014, just after the Sochi games, uh, where snowboarding debuted for the first time in Paralympics. And, um, yeah, that was, that was the beginning of my Team USA snowboarding career. So I actually uh, wrote a book called Driven to Ride that kind of covers that timeline, that 10-year timeline of becoming injured while racing snowcross. And then, you know, learning new sports and building adaptive equipment. And then, you know, my ultimate uh, professional sports goal of or, or uh, accomplishment of winning gold and gold and silver in Pyeongchang 2018, and uh, yeah, so pumped. Mike, the Moto Knee prosthetic you created was adapted for other sports, and in that process, actually brought you to snowboarding. How does it differ than a knee design simply for walking or everyday tasks that aren't meant to? put you on top of a Paralympic podium. Yeah, the, the fundamental difference between the Moto Knee that I built, which is over my shoulder here, and my everyday walking leg is a walking leg needs to swing back and forth as you walk, um, which when you, when you pick it up off the ground, you know, when you put your leg straight, it's just going to relax. It's going to bend. There's no spring resistance trying to straighten it out. And so this one, the Moto Knee, has compressed air as a spring rate, which acts as your quadricep muscles. And so that, that puts pressure into your feet when you're leaning into a turn, uh, you know, on a heel side or a toe side, it just, it engages like your quadricep muscles and to compress it, you just shift more weight onto it. If you wanted to extend, you just shift your weight back. And the, the really cool thing about it is it's, um, you know, there's so many adjustments with, uh, we got hydraulic adjustments right here. And then there's also uh, uh, an air valve. So I got a little hand pump uh, that we can pump it up and change the air pressures depending on the activity and uh, the course that we're on. Uh, so there's just a lot, of, a lot of adjustments available on it uh, that, allow, that allow it to be really versatile. And uh, snowboarding, you know, is one of those sports that works really well for. It's interesting. It's, it's mimicking the leg's natural kind of original system, is it fair to say that equipment, whether prosthetics, monoskis, sleds, are a bigger part of the Paralympic experience and that it's an added level of mastery that we're witnessing in Beijing on top of the physical aspect? So being a, being a Paralympic athlete, 
is, uh, you know, different than being a, a regular able-bodied athlete. And the fact that we've got extra devices in place of, you know, our limbs, uh, in our case, you know, for snowboarding, we have a lot of lower limb amputees that are missing feet and or knees. Um, and so you need a device to take the place of that. And it's kind of like training, you know, you've got, uh, a mechanical device that you have to tune, you know, compare that to, to your legs that you have to tune, uh, for jumping and quick movements. And you got to, uh, you know, go to the gym and get more powerful. You know, you have to train those muscles, you know, with the device, you just have to learn how to get the most performance out of it, whether it's making small adjustments to accommodate course changes. Like, uh, for example, we were just in, in long Graf at a bank slalom event and, um, there's 17 really high G corners that we had to make, make our way down. And the faster you go, the more G forces you're compressing in the corners. And so I ended up having to add, uh, you know, quite a bit of air pressure to, uh, to counter that force. So I didn't like just compress and, uh, you know, slide out. So, yeah, I mean, being a, a, an adaptive athlete, you definitely have to understand componentry. Um, some sports in, in the Paralympics, you know, don't require adaptive devices, but snowboarding is definitely one of those that uh, you can gain a lot by, by um, using the right equipment and understanding how to get the most out of it. And you're, you're not just creating these prosthetics for yourself. You're, you're wearing two hats in Beijing. One as an athlete trying to gain every advantage over your competition, and one as a supplier and designer of the very prosthetic used by a number of athletes, including those who you compete against. Well, I guess the really cool thing about my, my position with Team USA as an athlete, but also as a prosthetic designer is, uh, you know, the high majority of all the lower limb amputees are using our BioAdapt equipment that I built in my garage uh, or my shop. It's not a garage anymore. It's, it's, a, it's a legit shop. But uh, uh, so we just launched brand new equipment over the last two years. Uh, nothing, nothing incredibly different, but it's just updated with being lighter weight some more adjustments to it that we can just fine tune better and get, uh, you know, quicker reactions with because of, you know, we basically shed over a pound off of the knee system, which, uh, you know, it is a lot. Uh, it allows you to move quicker and, uh, be less fatigued throughout a, a day of riding. Um, it's exciting. It's exciting. And, you know, I just have to take the competitor hat off and put the, the business guy hat on every now and then. And, uh, you know, just look at the bigger picture. And that's what I enjoy about it. And, and that's why I'm able to to help all these other athletes is because in my mind, it's it's about the bigger picture. You know, I would love to win every gold medal out there. But, you know, my true legacy is going to be the equipment that uh, that I've designed and, and uh, created to help out all these adaptive athletes as a whole. You know, and it's it's really interesting talking to athletes in the Paralympic movement. It seems like a very common sentiment that so many athletes are in this and, and they really, truly want to leave the sport and movement better than they found it. And that, as you just said, transcends the podium as we tune into these Paralympics and we see these very prosthetics that we're just talking about. What is it that you want us, the viewers, to be thinking about? When the public is watching the, the Paralympic Games and, and seeing the athletes and some of the equipment they use, and, you know, I look at it 
and I want everybody else to look at it as a tool. It's a device that's bridging the gap from what wasn't possible to what is possible. Um, and that, that's how I look at being a disabled person or having a disability. It's like, okay, I'm missing my leg. It's as simple as that. I need to replace it with a device to try and allow me to accomplish what I'm trying to, to do. You know, we use different tools for different activities all the time. And you know, this is, is no different. Uh, so I, I try and keep it really simple. And, and I would like everybody else to like adaptive sports are a bunch of guys and women who really have a, a passion for a sport. And you know, they, they use any means necessary to get to that point. Follow the podium now to get automatic downloads and tune into the networks of NBC to watch every moment of the 2022 Beijing Winter Paralympic Games.